So this morning, we are diving into week three of our sermon series on At The Well. Now, how many of you have enjoyed this sermon series this far? So the series, if you're here for the first time this morning, the series is about our place of intimacy with God. Now today, in our third week of the series, I want to look at one of the most famous, significant leaders of the Bible, and his name was Moses. Now if you look at the story of Moses, before he became a leader, we see three very defining things that happened to him. You know, sometimes we've got defining things happening in our lives. I mean, I, I can remember there's a couple of defining things in my life when I grew up, when I got married was a defining thing. <laughs> um, there's a bunch of things in my life that I can think back and say, that was a, a defining thing in my life that, that shifted my life into a way that God is just positioning me to a place where I can walk in His calling in my life. And if I think, if we speak about defining things in your lives, you can maybe call a couple of things. So you know, I know that thing happened, that thing happened. That was defining things of me finding God or meeting Him. Now we're going to read together and we're going to do some reading and I'm going to jump around in, in Exodus 2 and 3. And uh, we're going to look at the story of Moses. So if you have your Bibles here and you want to turn there, turn to Exodus 2, verse 1 to 4. And we're going to start with that. If you don't have your Bible with, me, with you, it's on, data project, it's on the board. And you can follow with me. Now a man of the house of Levi, the priestly tribe, I'm reading from the Amplified Translation, went and took as his wife a daughter of Levi. Now we know that the Levi tribe was the tribe that God chose to serve him. God chose his priests and, and, and the, the men and women who served in the temple from the tribe of Levi. Then it says, The woman conceived and gave birth to a son, and when she saw that he was especially beautiful and healthy, she hid him for three months to protect him from the Egyptians. Why? Because Pharaoh, at that stage, wanted to kill the baby sons. He saw that the nation of Israel, the men, the slaves, became too strong, so he wanted to take out all the baby boys. So he told the midwives to, to take out the babies. So if the, if the, the mother birthed the baby and it was a son, that she had to kill him. But the midwives, they trusted God, they knew him, and they didn't follow his, his decree. So when he found that out, he sent his men out to throw all the baby boys into the Nile River, which was quite scary. Such a treacherous day. So this is what happened. When she could no longer hit him, so Moses' mother hit him, she got him a basket or a chest made of papyrus reeds and covered it with tar and pitch, making it waterproof. Then she put the child in it and set it among the reeds by the bank of the Nile. And his sister Miriam stood some distance away to find out what would happen to him. See, his mother was so, she was so in love with her boy that she trusted God with everything in her to save her boy. And she made a little reed basket, made it waterproof, and she put it in the Nile River among the reeds underwater. Let's jump to verse 10 in Exodus 2. It says, Then the child grew, and we all know what happened. One of Pharaoh's daughters found the baby. And she said, whose baby it is? And Miriam came up and she said, well, I, I don't know whose baby it is, but I know a woman who can take care of that baby for you, can nurse it 
till it's an age where it doesn't have to be nursed anymore and, and, and she will bring the baby to you. And the daughter of Pharaoh said, yes, go and get him. And she went to find her mother. Isn't God amazing? When we trust Him. Sometimes we do crazy things. And when we trust God, He does something amazing with our lives. Now, let's read in verse 10. It says, And then the child grew, and she bore him, his mother bore him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. And she named him Moses, and said, Because I drew him out of the water. Now, just a reminder before we go on, that we are speaking about intimacy. That's a prophetic picture, and we're looking at a prophetic picture of a well as our place of intimacy with God. Just remember that. Now, Moses as a baby had a significant change that came into his life when his mother saved him in a basket in the Nile. Now, when he was fined by Pharaoh's daughter, he became a royal prince in a palace. Think about that. From a slave to royalty. <laughs> Isn't that a prophetic picture? Where well, Jesus took us from slaves to royalty. Now when a baby grows up, the child's identity is formed by his parents and his family he grew up with. Am I right? When the twins grew up, the identity was formed by us as parents. They, they didn't know God yet. They couldn't speak, but what they knew is us. And as they grew up in our family and, and, and our environment and the routines we had, the identity were created. And that's how every baby's identity grows to the point they know God. Now Moses grew up in a picture of royalty as his identity. He grew up in a palace. Now I think his mother nursed him. It doesn't say it's there, but his mother's nursed him till he, he could eat by himself. Now that's probably one years old, maybe maybe one and a half, the Pharaoh's daughter could raise him without a mother nursing him. But the amazing thing for me is that he started in the Nile River. Now if you look at the Nile and what it meant to the Egyptians, it sounds very familiar if you remember our first sermon of what a well's meaning was to the Israelites. See, the Nile River gave the Egyptians life. It was a, it was a water source right in the middle of a desert. The river fed and nourished the animals they had. It brought animals towards Egypt. They could fish from it. But the people could bathe in the Nile River that kept them clean from diseases. They farmed around the river, watered their crops from it. And because of the river, the ground around the Nile River was very fertile and very rich. See, the Nile um, the Nile made Egypt one of the most powerful nations in the world at that time. Does it sound familiar? See, when we looked at a well to the Israelites, it was the same. It was a source of life. It nourished them. It gave them water. It watered their flock. They could farm and harvest, uh, water their crops from it. Now, if we look at a well, it meant the same as the River Nile meant to the Egyptians. Was it coincidence that Moses was found in the river? The Egyptians' source of life? No, I don't think so. Now let's read on. Exodus 2, verse 11, just the next verse. One day after Moses had grown up, now he grew up, he went into adulthood. It happened that he went by his countrymen and looked with compassion at their hard labors and he saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his countrymen. Now just stop there. Moses grew up. He realized and knew, probably from his mother, that you are not Egyptian. 
You are a Hebrew child that I adopted. So suddenly, <laughs> he, had a, he had a crisis in identity. Think about you grew up with your parents, and when you went into adulthood, you realized that you're not my mother, you're not my father. See, a child goes through a bit of a crisis moment right there. What? You tell me you're not my mother and my father? And his mother said, yes, the slaves that's in this country is actually your family. But you were saved, now you're royalty, you are lucky. So Moses walked around and he saw an Egyptian soldier beating up one of his Hebrew family. And compassion rose up in his heart to such a degree that he killed the man. And he buried him in the sand. Now let's read a couple of verses on Exodus 2 verse 15 and 17. It says, when Pharaoh heard about this matter, now a lot of things happened, I'm just skipping on. When Pharaoh heard about this matter, he tried to kill Moses. Now think about it. You grew up in a house where Pharaoh is your father. And suddenly, while killing a soldier, don't you think a prince in a palace are worth more than a soldier? It just shows to me that Moses wasn't very liked by Pharaoh. He was despised by Pharaoh. As soon as Pharaoh knew that what you kill one of my men, I'll kill you. So what happened? Then Moses fled from Pharaoh's presence and took refuge in the land of Midian, where he sat down by a well. Now the priest of Midian had seven daughters, and they came and drew water from the well where Moses was resting, and filled their throats to water their father's flock. Then the shepherds came and drove them away, but Moses stood up and helped them and watered their flock. Now let's just stop there. Now when Moses realized his true identity, he started to feel compassion. Isn't it amazing to know that no matter what situations we grow up or where Moses grew up, God's compassion still rose up in his heart. No matter what your identity is, no matter who you are, where you grew up, there's a DNA of compassion for others that God has given us. No matter if you are hidden, unsaved, wherever, what place you are in your life, there's a, there's a DNA of compassion in your heart. See, God was starting to shift his identity in that moment to who he was, to a place of who he was supposed to be. Now what's interesting to me is that Moses sat down by a well. See, God took him from a place of work in Egypt, a place of law in Egypt, where people had to work to nourish themselves, but he took him to, him to a place of rest and grace at a well in Midian. Do you see the correlation? You see, the well was a defining place in the life of Moses. A defining place. It was a place where God shifted his focus from identity to true intimacy. From identity at a Nile River where I was a prince, where I was everything, to a place where he came to a well where he find intimacy. See, in Egypt he was a prince. He was royal. But he was under law. He was under works. He was under idol worship. But at the well he found rest. He found grace in a place of intimacy with God. Doesn't that comparison sound familiar? See, sometimes we build our identity on our jobs, our ability, our money, our spouse, 
our, our whatever we have, our car we drive, we find identity, we look for identity in all those things that I can work for. But Moses said it at well, he just lost everything. Think about it. He was prince in a palace. He had compassion rose in his heart. He killed a man because of compassion in his heart. And then he had to flat for his life. He sat down at a well. Very important. He sat down and rested at a well, realizing he just lost everything he had, everything he knew. You see, he came to a well, a place of intimacy with God, and at that place, he found true identity. The identity that he had in Egypt was an identity, was not an identity that God meant for him to have. You see, identity is shaped when we know who we are, right? When you know who you are. Now, I'm, I'm saying, yes, you can open your ID book, you can show me your ID card or whatever, your passport, whatever you have, and then your name is in there, but it doesn't really show who you are. When you know who you truly are, it shows who you are. It shows your identity. Now, the Bible shows so many times that to know equals intimacy. Did you know that? Look at the scripture. In Genesis 4, verse 1, it says there, and, and Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain and said, I have acquired a man from the Lord. Intimacy. You see, he, when the Bible speaks about knowing, it speaks about a place of intimacy with the Father. Moses were at a well resting, sitting there for the first time, starting to know who he really is. John 17 verse 3 says the following, and this is eternal life. And Jesus says, let me show you what eternal life is. It is to know you, the only true God. See, it brings us all to a place in our lives that do we really know God? Do we really have a place of intimacy with Him? Because that brings eternal life. That brings you to a place of salvation, to a place of eternal life. See, Jesus was said that you can be religious as much as you like, but if you don't know the Father in a place of intimacy, you will not have eternal life. You see, knowing brings us to a place of identity, but it comes through a place of intimacy. See, God brought Moses to a well, a defining moment, the second defining moment in his life. It signified a shift in his identity as a leader, and a place of intimacy with God. God shifted his identity from a hidden, unbelieving, idol worship place to a place where he lost everything and sat at a place where he found his true identity. See, sometimes God has to bring us to a place where we feel like we, lose, we lost everything. In that waterless desert moments in our lives when we feel, Lord, Lord, where are you? When we come to a place of resting in him, finding our identity in Him, we find truly who we are. So what happened next? Moses saved seven maidens, seven young women from the shepherds. Again, here we go again. Again, shepherds who are keeping people away or women away from drawing water first. Remember last week? Look at the difference from a place of law to a place of grace. Look at the difference. In Egypt, when, they, when Moses saw unrighteousness, what did he do? He brutally killed a man. 
when he came to a place of rest and grace, what did he do? He stood up and saved them. There was no bloodshed. There was grace. Isn't that amazing when we move from law to grace? That there's something that happened in our lives? That the well, a place of grace, I love these words. These three words I was meditating on all week. It stayed with me. That Moses stood up. Now, we can go back, like, think about it. I was thinking, what did Moses do? Did he ran towards the shepherds and fight them off? Or what did he do? He stood up. Now, think about it. Moses had Egyptian royal clothing on. And he ran or walked up to the shepherds. Think about the shepherds. Like, oh goodness, a royal Egyptian. He must have an army somewhere close. I think they just backed off. And Moses walked forward, gave water to the young maidens. Isn't that amazing? Sometimes we go through life and unrighteousness happens around us. And sometimes we just let it go. But I heard the Lord speak to me so clearly as I was meditating on these three words. He said, Henny, will you stand up for your place of intimacy with me? And I want to ask you the same this morning. Are you willing to stand up for that place of intimacy with you and God? Are you willing? See, most Christians, if you ask them, want to be closer to God, we want to hear His voice better. We want to experience your presence, Lord. Where are you? But we're not willing to stand up and take action to pursue that place of intimacy with the Father. Now, I believe God is calling us every, every day to stand up for our place of intimacy. Out of a place of passivity, but to a place of pursuing Him, taking action to get closer to Him. I believe that just like Moses stood, stood up for that seven maidens, God is calling us to stand up also and call people closer to Him. Firstly, for us to stand up and get closer to the Father. Secondly, is to stand up and draw people closer to Him. Closer to a place of intimacy, just like we said last week. Call people in to come and nourish themselves from the place of watering themselves at the, at, the, at the well. See, we're called to save people from situations, from unrighteousness, even unbelief. But we need to be willing to stand up and help. We need to be willing to stand up and speak to our colleague at work, speak to our neighbor, speak to your friend, speak to the man at the, the teller when you draw money or wherever you walk in town, but to stand up and sometimes speak a word of encouragement. Now Jesus was a great example of this. I love this. In John 7, 37, I, I used the scripture in our first sermon. Jesus says the following, and this is the... In, a fee, in one of the main feasts that Israel's had, it said, on the last day of the feast, the great day. They usually ended off with a great day. Jesus stood up and cried out, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. What do you do at a well when you're thirsty? You go and drink from a place of intimacy. Whoever believes in me, as the scriptures have said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. See, Jesus stood up for us 2,000 years ago when He died on a cross, when He walked out of that empty grave. He stood up and said, now it's done. You're in a place where you can find my grace, my presence. But the choice is yours to stand up and receive. 
See, he stood up for us as he sacrificed himself on the cross. You see, it's such a defining place for us to be, to know that as Moses were resting, he were at a place where he can stand up. See, God is bringing us to a place of rest, not works. Yes, we can be busy, and we can work, and we can toil, but I am at a place of rest, always. From that place of rest, I can see God do miracles in my life. We can speak to people, we can bless them, we can be an encouragement to people around us. Now let's look at the third defining moment. Now Exodus 3 verse 1 to, 4, 1 to 4. One day Moses was tending the flock of his father-in-law, Jethro, the priest of Midian. So he came to the priest of Midian whose daughter he married and became a shepherd. He led the flock far into the wilderness and came to Sinai, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire from the middle of a bush. We all know the story so well. Then listen to the scripture. It says, Moses stared in amazement through the bush. Though the bush was engulfed in flames, it didn't burn up. This is amazing, Moses said to himself. Why isn't this bush burning up? I must go and see it. I love this next verse, and it's so important. When the Lord saw Moses coming closer, closer to look, God called him from the middle of the bush. Isn't this amazing? You see, sometimes we look for God's presence, we see miracles happening, we see things around us, but we're not willing to go closer. And all God is doing is just waiting for us. Say, if you come closer, I'll show you more. If you come closer to that place of intimacy, I'll show you more. He's longing for us to come closer to him. Now see, Moses was tending sheep as a shepherd. He was doing a job. He was taught as an Egyptian to despise. Did you know that? If you go and read Genesis 43 to 46, you'll see that where Joseph was in the palace as an Egyptian ruler, that he said when his brothers came to visit him, I want to take you back a bit, he said to him, remember when you sit at the table with the Egyptians to say that you are shepherds and that's what you do. And then later on in, in, in Genesis 46, he says that, they says that Egyptians despise shepherds and the Hebrew nation. They didn't want to eat with them, be with them. So as an Egyptian royalty, he was taught to despise shepherds and Hebrews. Now he's doing exactly that. Think about our identity shift. See, this is just showing how much God changed Moses and how much Moses humbled himself to a place where God could use him. Have you ever been to a place where you know that I need to humble myself for God to use me here? I need to humble myself. I'll need to be, Lord, this is not going to be about me, but I need to humble myself for you to use me. Now right there, at Mount Sinai. Does it sound familiar? Right there at Mount Sinai at the burning bush where Moses would climb the mountain in months to come and receive ten commandments from God. He called him to a place of authority. You see, this moment again shows us how much God is longing for us to come closer to him, to experience him. At a place of, of intimacy, at a place of, 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 of a burning bush where God says, take off your shoes, you're in a place of intimacy. Because right here at this mountain, 
the mountain of God, I give you authority today to lead. But you will come back here and I will take you up the mountain when you experience the full force of who I am and I will give you ten commandments where you will establish something of my nation called the Israelites. See, as, moment, as Moses came closer, God spoke to him. See, we, God longs for us to come closer to him in a place of intimacy so that he can speak to us, so that he can, he can nourish us, he can encourage us. If you are in a place of discouragement, just come closer to him. Now, I've learned that our identity leads us to understand our authority. How many of you know that? That's, through all my years of ministry, I know this for, for, for so long that our identity determines our authority. Am I right? Your identity will determine your authority. I'm a son of God, that means I've got the authority of a king. I've got the authority of God wherever I walk, wherever I do, wherever I pray. But I missed the most important point. Our identity leads us to a place of authority through our place of intimacy. We have our identity in God. We know who we are because we want to know Him better. It needs to take us to a place of intimacy with Him. And because we've got a place of intimacy, knowing Him as a friend, we're familiar with Him as God the Father, we step into that place of authority where we can speak and things shift. Where we can heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers. See, God had to change Moses' place of intimacy from the Nile, earthly, to a well, spiritually. God had to take him from a place where everything is law to a place of grace, because that was his heart. To be a gracious God. That we will see later on with Jesus. You see, to, for him to walk into a calling and into authority to lead God's people, God had to show him his identity shifted. And from his identity, he found intimacy. And he found his authority and his calling into leadership. Now let me break it down for you. Identity, intimacy, authority. His identity, Moses was in the Nile as a baby. He found his identity as a prince and a royal in the house or in the palace. Then intimacy, Moses ran away from Pharaoh because he wanted to kill him. He was fearing for his life, but instead he found it life at a well. And then authority, Moses finally stepped into his calling as the leader of Israel at a burning bush, at an intimate moment with the Father. See, so many of us found identity in the worldly positions we're in, but, but I know God wants us to shift into a place of calling. All we need to do is embrace his place of intimacy for us. That's our challenge. That's our weekly challenge, our daily challenge, is to not embrace the worldly system that gives me identity, but to step into that place of identity that God gives, that leads us to a place of wanting true intimacy with Him, and then stepping into a place of, Lord, this is my authority. This is who I am. Bill Johnson says it so well. He says that the level of warfare is determined by your level of intimacy with God. Where is your place of intimacy? Are you resting at a well? Or are you running around the well trying to find that place? You will never find a place of intimacy if you don't come to a place of rest. Within turmoil, within tough situations, within challenges. Find that place of rest with God. 
you will find the intimacy with Him. And then God will let you step into the place of calling. You see, you won't see your true calling in life if you haven't found your true place of intimacy with God. Amen. Won't you stand with me this morning? I want to finish.